Hello, this is Marissa Schaefer with Dance Well Podcast, and I'm here again with Catherine Drury at the Actors Fund. Welcome back. Thanks. Yeah, good to be back. Yes. So Catherine Drury is a licensed clinical social worker in the state of New York who specializes in supporting dancers through the emotional stress of managing a professional career in dance. In her current role as a social worker for the Dancers Resource at the Actors Fund, Catherine provides emotional support, individual and group counseling, referrals and outreach, and advocacy services to dancers of all disciplines, building workshops and programs designed to meet dancers' unique needs. As a specialist in eating disorders, anxiety, depression, and trauma, Catherine is passionate about empowering dancers and dance communities to better care for themselves, navigate change, and obtain the guidance and resources they need throughout their dancing careers. Catherine has presented at the National Association of Social Workers New York City Conference and contributed to articles in Dance Magazine and Dance Informa Magazine. She has a Master's of Science in Social Work from Columbia University and a Bachelor of Arts in Psychology from Barnard College of Columbia University. So thanks again for being here with me. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Of course. So Catherine is with us today to discuss anxiety and stress management um, dancers and she I'm really happy to have her back as part of um, our mental health awareness month I think that this is a really important subject to, to cover and we'll have some really great information so thank you uh, so first question I wanted to ask you was what are some of the more common dance and non-dance related causes of anxiety that you've seen in your practice sure so any life circumstance really can potentially be a source of anxiety, even an accomplishment or something exciting um, or new. But working with dancers, some common stressors that I see are finances, unemployment, injury, or you know being unable to dance for any period of time, fatigue, time management, or maybe just simply lack of time for self-care. Uh, poor body image or anxiety around eating or weight, uh, criticism, any type of performance anxiety, interpersonal relationships, mm-hmm. trauma, the list really goes on mm-hmm. from there. Um, and anxiety can also have a very biological component, so sometimes simply uh, chemical imbalances in the brain can can cause stress or anxiety in a person's life. So does that mean that some of us are more prone to being anxious or... There's a lot of different factors that can certainly contribute, right? It's Mm -hmm. the whole uh, uh, nature versus nurture debate. Um, And and yeah, some some people do have kind of a more a more are predisposed to maybe experience anxiety or stress uh, more intensely. Mm -hmm. And I'll talk a little bit more about that in a bit. Great. So um, you mentioned injury in that long list Mm. of things so injury can certainly cause stress and anxiety but is the opposite true as well so can higher levels of anxiety and stress cause injury absolutely Anxiety activates what's called our our stress response or our fight or flight response, which is meant to prepare our bodies physically, emotionally, mentally to face and confront and fight or flee from some sort of danger or threat. Mm -hmm. And research has shown that dancers and athletes who maybe have a history of many different stressors or several major life change events in their history or who have, like we talked about, um, certain personality characteristics that maybe intensify their stress response Mm -hmm. or that 
uh, or they have a, a general disposition to maybe see situations as threatening or dangerous, or dancers who simply lack coping resources or social supports mm-hmm. and tend to deny their circumstances in the face of stress or kind of mentally disengage from, mm-hmm. from what's happening around them. All of those factors are, are going to cause a dancer to be more activated by everyday stressful situations, like maybe a demanding rehearsal or performance. And this heightened activation then causes um, certain physical symptoms. So generalized muscle tension, again, as the body prepares itself to to either fight and face or flee from some sort of danger, Uh, reduced flexibility, narrowing of the visual field, um, increased distractibility, all factors that I'm sure you can actually speak to better than sure. I that are that could cause or predispose a dancer to, to become injured. Certainly. Um, so can you can you maybe go a little bit further and discuss some of the other ways besides the physical that um, stress and anxiety anxiety can possibly manifest and interfere with a performance? Definitely. So again, anxiety causes increased arousal and activation of our sympathetic nervous system, our stress response, our fight or flight response. Uh, And going a little deeper, that response leads to certain physical symptoms like increased heart rate, respiration rate, uh, the butterflies in the stomach, muscle tension, dry mouth, sweating, as well as cognitive symptoms like worrying, uh, having negative expectations or apprehensions about your ability or a, a given performance. Stress often affects a person's sleep or appetite, which means that a dancer who's stressed is going to be more easily fatigued. Mm-hmm. Um or that dancer might have difficulty concentrating or be more irritable or restless. And in the case of an anxiety disorder, all these different symptoms can manifest in unique ways that cause significant distress or impairment. Mm-hmm. There are then a lot of different theories that I could get into about why and at what point this heightened alertness or arousal starts to interfere with a dancer's performance as some stress can actually be motivating Mm -hmm. and energizing when when um, faced with an important audition or or performance these theories look at how all of these different factors so the cognitive anxiety the physiological arousal as well as factors like self-confidence and the difficulty of a given task how all of these things work together to to impact performance so when a when a person is anxious their mind is filled with a lot of worries and, and anxious thoughts that are most likely irrelevant to the performance Mm -hmm. at hand and and so they can be incredibly distracting and sometimes debilitating we also have a tendency when we're anxious to pay most attention to negative components Mm -hmm. of our surroundings so again threat related negative stimuli again going back to that kind of fight or flight mode which means that 
when we're feeling stressed, it's going to take even more concentration and focus to be able to do skills that typically feel very natural and well rehearsed. So often the goal in an important audition or performance is to be able to be fully present mm -hmm. in your dancing, uh, to completely participate in the choreography that you're assigned to do, um, to, to feel free and effortless in, in your dancing and in your performance. Um, but the concept um, of choking that's mm -hmm. often more used in sport um, describes this other worst case phenomenon where a dancer um, who's feeling stressed tries to control the movement, um, regressing to kind of earlier stages of learning where you really rely on, on factual knowledge and what you've been taught to do things like turn and jump and, and remember choreography. So again, you know, skills that are normally undertaken with, with little or no thought are disrupted by this stress. And a dancer feels can, f can feel excessively self-conscious and sometimes unable to perform to, to his or her full ability. Absolutely. Yeah, I can imagine for myself how mm. the self-critic would kind of come out and be like, what, you had to think about that, you had to work for it, and then just kind of having this idea of what you were talking about of like building um building kind of negative thoughts and other things that you right. know to increase stress um which sounds really exhausting yeah um so you know to an extent we as you think you mentioned before stress is kind of normal and expected um mm. in a dancer's life and as you said some of it can be motivating which i know i've experienced um but at what point would you suggest that a dancer seek help to um, manage his or her stress or anxiety so my view mm -hmm. is that um, you're right. Stress and anxiety is an expected part of a dancer's job. Uh, so all dancers should get help in managing their stress and anxiety. Mm -hmm. um, these days, most athletic teams have access to sports psychologists and clinicians mm -hmm. um, who can help them address the mental components of their skill development, their learning, their goal achievement, and their performance. And dancers then have the added task of artistic expression, being vulnerable on stage, making athleticism look effortless mm -hmm. and beautiful. And so, you know, in my view, why should they be any different in their need for some guidance and support? Support doesn't have to come in the form of therapy. Mm -hmm. Certainly, you know, family and friends can provide that more organic, natural social support. There are also a lot of great books and online resources that speak to um, this, this sports psychology that, that we've been talking about. Mm -hmm. um, but in a best case scenario, a dancer would be really intentional about finding ways to uh, relieve and, and manage stress ahead of time before it starts to negatively impact their performance or their health um, or cause injury or lead to more debilitating symptoms like panic attacks. Mm -hmm. That said, if that's the point at which a dancer decides to ask for help, there's still a lot of great work that can be done to help that dancer come back even stronger. We know a lot about anxiety. We know we, there are a lot of uh, great skills um, and techniques that can help a dancer or performer manage their anxiety um, and help a, a dancer who's who's been limited by anxious symptoms to move forward in mm -hmm. a really empowered way. I think it's important to bring up too that um, asking for help 
be it from a friend or from a therapist or anyone is is not a bad thing mm. <laughs> and I feel like that's often stigmatized it means it feels like there's something wrong with you and and it's right it's not like dance is a stressful career uh, living in New York City where we are now is stressful in and of itself um, absolutely yeah. yeah I'll sometimes talk to clients about thinking of stress as like a glass of water mm -hmm. <laughs> um you know and if you're glass filled with stress is you know filled to to close to the top with water mm -hmm. um then the added daily stress of the subway or just sort of everyday stressors of the ind industry in terms of rejection or criticism um is going to feel completely overwhelming and debilitating because it's going to cause that water to spill out Absolutely. over the glass. But if you're doing things consistently and regularly to keep that level of stress low, mm -hmm. um, then those events are still going to be stressful, but they're not going to cause you to maybe completely fall apart in the same way that they will if, if you haven't been taking care of yourself on a regular basis. Absolutely. So that's a good segue into my next question. My stress glass is full. <laughs> <laughs> what are some ways or some techniques you've alluded to there being techniques um, that you suggest a dancer um, perform in order to manage his or her stress and anxiety, like in and around the studio, for example? Mm -hmm. So, you know, a lot of how I treat stress and anxiety is really individualized based on, you know, the different symptoms or stressors that a, that a person is facing or experiencing. Uh, the first step, though, is is always figuring out how a particular dancer experiences stress mm -hmm. and helping them to learn how to observe and identify those internal cues and emotions that will that will tell them that they are in fact in fact stressed or anxious. Mm -hmm. um, like I said, there are a lot of great techniques and skills out there to address the physical, emotional, um, cognitive components of anxiety, or that help people remove or reframe different stressors in their lives. Uh, so a dancer might use breathing exercises, um, something called progressive muscle relaxation, mm -hmm. um, simply goal setting or visualization, um, or looking at, like we touched on, uh, self-talk and learning how to um, dispute and replace negative self-talk or unhelpful or distorted thinking with more positive, supportive, productive mm -hmm. self-talk. I'm a big proponent of regular mindfulness practice um, to help dancers stay grounded in the present moment mm -hmm. instead of being distracted by racing thoughts or worries. Um, in my experience, sometimes cueing into the five senses to bring yourself back to that physical reality can be a little more accessible than um, cueing into the breath, which is often what's used in mindfulness meditation. I think especially during like a class or rehearsal, trying to slow down and focus on your breathing can sometimes feel a little impossible. Mm -hmm. um, and stress management also involves, again, being really intentional and consistent um, about self-care. So when I'm doing um, workshops with some of the pre-professional dancers that I work with. Mm -hmm. I walk them through a skill from dialectical behavior therapy called ABC Please uh -huh. um, that I thought I could talk you through Please. quickly yeah. <laughs> as a way to manage your own glass of stress. Mm -hmm. 
So the idea behind ABC Please is that, you know, there are things that we can be doing regularly throughout our lives to help prepare us for difficult and stressful situations in the future. So the the A of ABC stands for accumulating positive emotions. Mm -hmm. So making a point to regularly schedule things throughout your day and activities throughout your week that prompt positive emotions like enjoyment, pleasure, calmness, love, joy, pride. Um, As I think I spoke about during our last interview, you know, we want these things to happen naturally and organically, Mm -hmm. but they don't always happen as frequently as we need them to. So we have to be intentional about making that a part of our routine. The B for ABC is a is a little more nuanced in that it stands for building mastery. Mm-hmm. Um, so mastery means doing things on a regular basis that make you feel competent, self-confident, in control. Um, this is especially important for dancers because sometimes that, that thing that, that makes you feel self-confident is dance, mm-hmm. but not always. Right. <laughs> and so you need to have other things that are a part of your everyday life that are helping you to feel really competent and Mm -hmm. in control. Um, And the C for ABC stands for coping ahead of time. Mm -hmm. So figuring out which situations are likely to cause you stress or to be difficult and planning ahead of time how you're going to to cope with those expected difficulties. So either imagining yourself in the situation and figuring out, you know, what you're going to do in that moment to to deal with the stress Mm -hmm. Or scheduling ways that you can take care of yourself either before the event or after the event Mm -hmm. to limit its impact um, over the level of stress that you're experiencing. And then finally, the the please of (laughs) ABC please (laughs) speaks to the physical body Mm -hmm. and how an out-of-balance body is going to increase your vulnerability to those negative emotions like stress. Um, So treating physical illness, balanced eating, avoiding mood-altering substances, balanced sleep and exercise, these are all things that we also need to be paying attention to to manage our stress levels. I really like that. I like ABC, please. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It's also nice and proactive, but not Mm. in an overwhelming way. It's just you looking out for yourself, which is very important. Yeah. Uh, So that kind of that kind of takes care of taking care of yourself inside and outside the studio as Mm. well. Is there anything else outside the studio that you might suggest on top of ABC, please? Um. I mean, outside the studio, making sure, again, that you do have um, those social supports. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, again, we want those relationships to happen naturally, but Mm -hmm. particularly, you know, after a a large life change, after a dancer moves or starts a new job, um, you know, sometimes those relationships don't build as quickly as we need them to. And so then being intentional about finding communities or connecting with a therapist, mm-hmm. um, getting some support, someone to really help you um, set up your life well so mm-hmm. that um, you'll be kind of the most resilient you can possibly be in the face of those stressors that are going to naturally be a part of your career. Absolutely. Um Within the studio, too, just one more thing that I'll add, you know, I think particularly in the performance setting, but really in in all areas of our lives, um, we can get caught up in feeling anxious about being anxious. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, So worrying about how that anxiety may limit or disrupt us 
So worrying about how that anxiety may limit our ability to dance or disrupt us in some way. Um, and in those instances, we can uh, decrease our anxiety's power over us by reframing our stress mm-hmm. in our minds. So mm-hmm. looking at it again as as being energizing and focusing and beneficial. So thinking, you know, I'm a, I'm a little anxious today, but that means I'm going to have more energy to get through right. class. Right, as a um, Or my workout, yeah. exactly. Um, Again, you know, there are a lot of different techniques and ways that you can look at stress and and reframe it in your mind. Um, And it requires being, again, really intentional about trying out different skills ahead of time Mm -hmm. to figure out which really feels most natural and beneficial to you and your personality and your lifestyle. Absolutely. You mentioned before um, moving to a new city and and feeling Mm -hmm. alone and being intentional. um, And it just made me think about sometimes how lucky I feel that we're in the 21st century and we have computers and the internet and we can find these small meetup groups around, you know, a little activity that we enjoy that's separate from dance or little, little communities that would otherwise stay hidden. Um, that I think is a good resource. Definitely. It can feel intimidating to do that, but there are some great kind of conduits to that type of community and those relationships and online, you know, support groups exist as well and can sometimes be a way to, to provide that bridge as you find those in-person relationships around you. Absolutely. And you also mentioned for a second, um, positive and negative self-talk, which mm-hmm. um, is actually another one of our episodes for Mental oh, Health great. Awareness Month. So for those of you listening, tune in to, um, to Ellie's episode. Um, and before we sign off, is there anything else you wanted to bring up around uh, anxiety and stress management? Um, well, one thing I forgot to mention kind of going back to injury is yeah. that stress can also have a huge impact on recovery from injury. Um, so working here at the Actors Fund um, and in my private practice with a lot of injured dancers, um, you know, stress management is a huge part of that injury recovery mm-hmm. and limiting, again, those physical symptoms like muscle tension, decreased blood flow mm-hmm. um, that are that are going to limit a dancer's ability to, to recover and, and fully heal and to heal quickly. Absolutely. Um, and so again, that would be you know a, a great time to make sure that you have those social supports in place to to tap into some of uh, some online or, or book resources or connect with a clinician um, to make sure that um, your body is able to really rest and and really fully heal certainly and and kind of on that note at the clinic too we don't only see it in the beginning stages of healing but also uh, you know a dancer can progress to a certain point and Mm. then maybe perhaps the anxiety and stress of getting back into the studio or you know something about the speed of their recovery can also be an inhibitor yeah Um, so it's not just just the beginning part but throughout the continuum of healing and getting back right and that's where that negative self-talk can really come into play so i'm glad that's another another topic you're addressing definitely um and i just want to give a shout out i know we talked about it the last time we spoke um to your um resource for dancers and your your injury support group uh can you just say again another 
few words about that. Absolutely. So um, I run a program called the Dancers Resource at the Actors Fund, which is available to, to all professional dancers. Um, I facilitate as part of that a support group for injured dancers, um, more information on my work at the Actors Fund, how you can get in touch with me or mm -hmm. connect with the support group is at actorsfund.org. Good. Nice. And if anyone wants to get in touch with you, uh, should they go to your website or? Absolutely. So uh, to learn a bit more about um, my work with dancers uh, and, and my private practice, you can find, again, contact information mm -hmm. um, and information on my uh, background and training at katherinedrury.com. Excellent. And that will be on our website, our DanceWell website at dancewell.com as well. Excellent. So thank you so much for sharing your knowledge with us. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Of course. Bye. On behalf of Ellie and myself, I, Marissa Schaefer, want to say thank you to all of our listeners for joining us on this episode of Dance Well Podcast. Like what you hear? Go to iTunes or Stitcher or SoundCloud and search Dance Well, that's one word, Dance Well Podcast, and subscribe. We will be releasing bi-monthly episodes with an emphasis on exploring 360 degrees of health and wellness for dancers. Have questions or want to get in touch? Email us at dancewellpodcast at gmail.com. Bye.